Hello, this is Snigdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Monday, the 21st of September. India's coronavirus tally inched closer to 55 lakh or 5.5 million today after almost 87,000 new cases were reported in the last 24 hours. The death toll rose by more than 1,100 to reach 87,882. The Union Health Ministry, however, said that India has acquired the top position in the world in terms of recoveries from coronavirus. It said that more than 43 lakh people have recovered in the country so far, constituting for 19% of the total global recoveries. Minister of Health and Family Welfare Harshwardhan also told the Lok Sabha that four coronavirus vaccines in India were in advanced stages of preclinical trials. The Minister of State for Home, G. Kishan Reddy, claimed in the Rajya Sabha today that the Tablighi Jamaat gathering, which had taken place in Delhi in March, had led to a massive spread of the coronavirus. He also said that the investigation of the Jamaat chief, Maulana Mohammad Saad, was still underway regarding the issue. A pan-India survey has found that only 4% of COVID-19 patients were able to access ICU beds in hospitals through a routine process, while 78% had to use cloud to do so. 92% of the participants also said that hospitals needed to convey real-time ICU beds availability on their websites and entrance gates. The study was undertaken by Local Circles, a community social media platform founded by Sachin Taparia, after they received several complaints about the issue. Congress MP Sashi Tharoor lashed out at the centre today, criticising its handling of the coronavirus and the economy. He informed the parliament, and I quote, We have neither managed to limit the spread of the virus, nor have we managed to keep the economy afloat. GDP, for the first time in 41 years, will actually shrink. Our employment crisis has become even worse than before. Small and medium businesses have been devastated. Trade has crashed and foreseeable national prospects are dying. Unquote. He also said that the economy is in tatters, having suffered a contraction far more severe than any other country. Do read our report titled, As Uttar Pradesh Prepares for Unlock 4.0, Will Varanasi's Local Economy Limp Back to Normalcy? From flower sellers to farmers, hoteliers to priests, everyone in Varanasi is dependent on tourism and tough days are still ahead of them. Our reporters spoke to many such folks, from 65-year-old Jarawati who sells flowers to Arvind Mishra, a hotel owner. You'll find the report on newslaundry.com. Eight opposition Rajya Sabha MPs were suspended over the ruckus in the parliament on Sunday. Fresh upheaval broke out today as well as they held a sit-in protest near the Gandhi statue in parliament. Rajya Sabha had to be adjourned for the fifth time till tomorrow due to the protests against the suspension of the MPs. Despite several requests, the suspended MPs refused to leave the premises due to which further proceedings inside the house had to be halted. The opposition parties are likely to meet the president in this regard. With the eight members comprising of Derek O'Brien, Sanjay Singh, Rajiv Satav, K.K. Ragesh, Ripun Bora, Dola Sen, Sayyid Nazir Hussain and Elmar Ram Karim refusing to leave the House, the government said that the House cannot function unless the suspended parliamentarians were removed. Members from the opposition parties had snatched and thrown papers from the table and had broken the chairman's mic yesterday. Earlier today, Chairman Venkaya Naidu expressed deep pain over yesterday's incident and passed a motion of suspension against the eight opposition MPs over their unruly behaviour. 
Naidu also rejected the opposition's no-confidence motion against Deputy Chairman Harivansh following the uproar yesterday. Yesterday, ruckus broke out in the Rajya Sabha because the Deputy Chairman extended the session beyond the schedule 1pm while overruling opposition's pleas to continue discussions on the contentious farm bills the next day. After the session yesterday, TMC MP Derek O'Brien had accused the government of murdering the parliamentary system and democracy. In a video shared via his Twitter handle, O'Brien had said, and I quote, The government did not allow us in the opposition on the farmers' bills. They knew they weren't in a position to pass the bills, so they cut the Rajya Sabha TV feed so that the country could not see our protest. Unquote. Prime Minister Narendra Modi, meanwhile, said that the farm reforms bills passed by the parliament are needed for the 21st century India. Modi said, and I quote, I want to make it clear that these laws are not against Agriculture Mandi. It will continue like it always has. I want to assure every farmer that the minimum support price system will continue as before. Unquote. Today's newspaper editorials called out the government for not following due process and undermining parliamentary democracy. While the Hindustan Times criticised the government for not following due process, which reflected poorly on India's parliamentary democracy, the Indian Express, in its editorial titled Bully and Pulpit, illustrated how the government's reluctance to listen to the opposition is undermining India's parliamentary structure. It said that the government cannot blame the opposition alone for what transpired in the parliament on Sunday. For more details, do read our summary of the event's coverage titled a look at what Indian Express and Hindustan Times had to say about the uproar in the parliament. A three-storey building collapsed in Bhivandi near Mumbai at 3.40am today morning. Ten people, including children, were killed and around 25 are reported to be still trapped inside. Locals and the National Disaster Response Force were able to rescue at least 30 people from the rubble. The force is still deployed there, trying to save people who are trapped. Prime Minister Narendra Modi offered his condolences to the affected families and promised all possible aid to be provided to them. According to the Commissioner of the Bhivandi Nizampura City Municipal Corporation, the building had been flagged as dangerous and civic bodies had warned residents to evacuate it. The building, which was 40 years old, housed around 20 families. The sixth round of the core commander-level talks were held between India and China. According to the Indian Express, this is the first time since May that the Indian delegation included a joint secretary-level officer from the Ministry of External Affairs. A week prior to the meeting, India and China's foreign ministers had reached a five-point approach agreement in Moscow to resolve the border tensions between them. However, the situation has largely remained in a state of stalemate. India had regained its key territories from China in August, allowing them to dominate much of the area. Although the Chinese troops were forced back, they did retain some positions on India's side of the line of actual control in Galwan Valley. Having moved from Finger 4 to Finger 5 near Pangongso Lake, the Chinese troops have not vacated the Finger 4 ridge line, which is 8 kilometers west of the line of actual control. And now for some international updates. Over 31.1 million people have been infected by the coronavirus globally and 961,000 have lost their lives to the virus. However, nearly 21 million people have recovered all around the world. The United Nations celebrated its 75th anniversary today even as the pandemic continues to challenge its solidarity. The Secretary-General of the UN, Antonio Guterres, expressed that the pandemic has exposed the world's fragilities. He also stated the need for world leaders to come together during this global crisis and arrive at constructive solutions. 
The Security Council had earlier passed a resolution to end the tussle between the US and China. It had urged that the world needed to focus on the bigger threat, that is, the coronavirus. Lebanon recorded the third consecutive day of highest COVID-19 cases, prompting the health minister to propose a two-week lockdown. In the last few months, the country has struggled with the explosion in Beirut, a shrinking economy and a previous lockdown, making it difficult to deal with the pandemic. Adam Votek, health minister of the Czech Republic, has resigned due to criticism for mishandling the pandemic. The Republic saw the second fastest rise in COVID-19 numbers after Spain. The country had lifted all restrictions imposed during the first wave of the pandemic. The UK government's chief scientific advisor has warned that the country could see 50,000 new COVID-19 cases a day by mid-October without further action. Sir Patrick Vallance said that it would be expected to lead to about 200 deaths per day a month after that. It comes as the Prime Minister prepares to chair a COBRA emergency committee meeting on Tuesday morning, followed by a statement in the House of Commons. On Sunday, the country recorded as many as 3,900 new cases and 18 deaths. A stay-at-home order has taken effect across Yangon, Myanmar's biggest city, after the country reported a record-high number of new COVID-19 cases just weeks before its November elections. The region's more than 4 million population had less than 24 hours to prepare for the order, which came into effect at 8 a.m. this morning. Myanmar has so far reported over 5,500 COVID-19 cases and 92 deaths. A rescue operation to save around 270 stranded whales took place on the Australian island of Tasmania. Scientists identified the creatures as pilot whales, a species of oceanic dolphins that can grow up to 23 feet long and weigh up to 3 tons. The whales had been stranded off the island for quite some time and around 25 of them had already died. Nick Deka, a regional manager for Tasmania Parks and Wildlife Services, said, and I quote, While strandings are not uncommon in Tasmania and strandings of this scale aren't unprecedented, we've certainly not had one for the last 10 years. Unquote. It remains a mystery why whales beach themselves. However, they are known to follow a leader and cluster around an injured whale. Wildlife officials have said that toxins made by microscopic algae in water caused the previously unexplained deaths of hundreds of elephants in Botswana. Botswana is home to a third of Africa's declining elephant population. The alarm was raised when elephant carcasses were spotted in the country's Okwango Delta between May and June. Officials say that a total of 330 elephants are now known to have died from ingesting cyanobacteria. Poaching has finally been ruled out as a cause of death. The toxic bacteria can occur naturally in standing water and sometimes grow into large blooms known as blue-green algae. The findings follow months of tests in specialist laboratories in South Africa, Canada, Zimbabwe and the US. Many of the dead elephants were found near watering holes, but until now, the wildlife authorities had doubted that the bacteria were to blame because the blooms appear on the edges of the ponds and the elephants tend to drink from the middle. The Department of Wildlife and National Parks Principal Veterinary Officer said, and I quote, Our latest tests have detected cyanobacterial neurotoxins to be the cause of deaths. These are bacteria found in water. Unquote. And now for some homegrown stuff from Newslaundry.com. Dear listeners, poverty is one of the biggest contributors to the menace of trafficking in the world, especially child trafficking. The pandemic and the subsequent economic fallout has put poor children around the world at great risk. Do listen to the latest episode of Let's Talk About where I delved into the complexities of child trafficking. 
Did you know that it is estimated that a child goes missing in India every 8 minutes? These children are taken from their homes to be bought and sold in the black market. In many cases, children are often coaxed into traffickers' hands by promises of better jobs or a better future, when in reality, upon arrival, they become enslaved. Through a series of sobering interviews, I spoke to victims, experts, and journalists on the front lines to understand the many aspects of India's child trafficking crisis. Do tune in to the episode to gain some insight into the issue. You'll find it on newslaundry.com. And before I wrap up, dear listeners, do check out all the other stuff we have on newslaundry.com from podcasts, in-depth ground reports to video interviews and a lot more. Also, I'd like to remind you that News Laundry is a 100% ad-free news platform and we need your support to stay afloat. So to keep us bringing you good content like this, please do subscribe to News Laundry and pay to keep news free. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.